Episode 63. You can't pull that off. <laughs> All right, you ready? I'm Clay Lowe. And I'm Sarah Beth Hunt. You're listening to the Havana Cafe Sessions podcast. Where we get together once a week over coffee to talk about the big questions of life. Let's get into the show. Hey, welcome back. Hi, good to be back. Frankenstein's bride. I, oh my God, I so was Frankenstein's bride. I still am, but... um. Yeah, less so since the stitches so came out on my face. Let the listeners know what the heck we're talking about. Why yeah, am I so I had surgery last week and uh, had a little bit of a time off last week that she didn't know about because uh, we well, did a double recording. She's got this big recording. gigantic scar. It looks like someone was, you know, trying to sever Scalp your head. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. right. It was well, the zombie apocalypse. You missed it. Oh, that's what it is. Yeah. 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 I fought well, off the demon, so don't worry. You it's did. All, it's all cool now. You made now. it. It's all good to go. All yeah. Right, good. All right. So. Um, good to be back in the real world. Well, got some good. coffee. Yeah, definitely. Got the coffee and some conversation. We started. I started this conversation. Well, I think you introduced the idea, Will, or did I? I can't remember which. Um, and I started the conversation a little bit yesterday on Twitter in relationship to this idea about Will. Um, so I think what we're talking about today is free will, or will itself. Does it yep. exist as a, a force? Yeah. Um, do we have willpower? Do we have free will? Yeah. And what is this thing called yep. will? See, I think this is, this is coming at an interesting time for me because I'm kind of wrestling with all these things about willpower and, you know, trying to kind of get myself geared up for another writing session and all that kind of stuff. And and also kind of going through a period of recognizing that sometimes how can I say it it's like when you finally recognize that you never are finding quote unquote finding time for the things that you say are the most important things that you want to get done or that you want to put your energy towards and you know is that something to do with willpower or is that something else so yeah looking forward to this chat because it's, um, I, I guess it's a number of different angles that we can come from at this. So if you're talking about willpower and can we just do something through force of will um, or is there other forces at play? And I think that's probably the meat of it, isn't it? Because some would say there's other forces at play. Um, some would say that there isn't this, this willpower is an illusion because of these other forces. And others would say that um, I think there's a, host of complexes that go into what makes a will and how we manipulate it and its importance I guess so where do we want to start well want to start with defining will what did, what did we come across in terms of what will the, is yeah I mean it was so interesting because the the first article I read was um, this one called against willpower written by this psychologist Carl Eric Fisher and I'll put all this stuff up on on the show notes but you know he basically is in the article kind of dissecting this monolithic thing that we call will or willpower and and then I went back and read all this other stuff and all the things that he kind of discounts as old um, sort of disproven through psychology and, and kind of science like the fact that willpower is kind of like a muscle you know we we use it and it's about being strong and and using our force and that we can exercise it and and get stronger in our willpower and that it is a finite resource so that we can also exhaust our willpower 
Um, yeah, because you hear terms like force of will. But actually, thing. you know, although he kind of discredits a lot of this stuff, then you read all the pop psych stuff and it's still there. It's like one of the other articles has a literally a picture of a brain like flexing, you know, a weight. Yeah, it's yeah. like there's still this image that it's about being strong and about, uh, yeah, that, that it is a thing at all <laughs> is uh, still so where quite you, prominent. where do you come out on it? I mean, do you believe that you have a will or do you try to do things through sheer willpower or what, what how is that? How do you relate to will? Well, personally, I feel like recently it's, it's really come up for me that it's not as easy as just... Because I, I feel like I'm very internally motivated. I always have been. I'm not... I, I have never needed a lot. Although, I, I, you know, you, you at some point want some kind of external recognition of your work or gratification and stuff. I, I, I am quite self-motivated, yeah. which is, I suppose, why, you know, writing and, and doing that kind of thing suits me. But I still have found more recently that it's actually a lot more complicated... I feel like it's more complicated than simply having a willpower or not to do something. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's my personal experience. And yeah. I suppose that's why I kind of went into the whole Tony Robbins thing and stuff like that, which we can talk about. But, um, but you know, reading these articles, like, <laughs> they made me laugh. So it was like, you know, this idea of, like, the will willpower is... Um, the power to, you know, put aside short-term, go- you know, kind of temptations yeah. for delayed long-term goals. Yeah. Exactly. Delayed gratification. It seems like we think about it in terms of you, a force that we use to suppress urges, like, and habitual responses, rather than necessarily something that we could... I mean... I suppose it's, maybe it's both, that we, we can harness it to do something, but that quite a lot of the power in it is used to keep us from doing. Yeah, I, I kind of, I can, we'll talk about different ways that this comes out of it, but on, on a level I relate to this, that it is a kind of a muscle that you can exercise and that then you can also deplete it because it, you just wear it out by using it. And, and it's probably used in both ways, or I've used it in both ways you just described there. So I have these urges, but through force of will, I can suppress those urges, um, uh, but but only for so long. I think that's that's where willpower falls down because it can be depleted. So yeah. I have these urges, but through force of will, I can suppress them to do what it is that I need to do. So if I just think about some of my experiences back in the army, you know, you're you're hungry and you're tired, but you still, you're not, your mission isn't complete, you still have, you know, another five, ten kilometers to go. So you could quit because you're hungry, you're tired, Mm -hmm. you're unmotivated, or you can summon up your will and say, okay, yes, I'm hungry, yes, my legs hurt, yes, all this is going on, but mind over matter, and I'm going to finish this 10K. Yeah. And then you're completely exhausted by the end of that. And, you know, if you make it and then someone said you got to go another 20, then you really <laughs> see how much willpower is it exhausted. Yeah. As in, I ain't going to get up. I'm just done. Yeah. Completely because I've used up all my willpower. Uh, or do I still have a little bit in the tank? So I've used it in that way. 
Um, I think I've used it in the positive sense as in I want that thing. So I'm going to block out everything else. Don't yeah. care about anything else. And my mind is focused on obtaining this one goal. And I'll do whatever it takes to make that happen, whether it's suppressing something, learning something, knocking someone over. It doesn't matter. It's like I'm, I'm honed in on yeah right that thing i mean i found it really interesting the idea of of the kind of moralistic things surrounding our idea about willpower that that the term itself comes into force during the victorian age when there was all the puritanism and the idea of like no drinking no dancing no having fun you know so it originally the term comes in to common use under that kind of I don't know, sort sort of cultural yeah. perspective. So I suppose that that, in a way, is why we continue to use it quite often as a way of like, you know, having willpower to not have food that's not good for us, to not have, you know, too much drink to drink, or you know, there's something happened. So I guess there's or is there a correlation? Like you know, as we became to the whole sort of rational being rational mind using our rational mind more than our emotional mind as in I have a, a rational mind that can I'm no longer just an animal right subject to my base instincts to do whatever I want to do because I'm a like high how, order yeah. of a man I have a ration I can rationalize it yes I don't need to eat you know 20 Cinnabons yeah I should be able to see the effect of eating that and not yeah. do it although my urge because it's sweet and it makes me feel good yeah would be to eat you know a couple of cinnabons yeah but then oh my gosh there's a new um donut place in uh oh, Glasgow. yeah exactly <laughs> speaking of which it's a new donut place down the street in Glasgow where um, my husband was up there. That's where we went to university. So he sends pictures. I'm like, man, I'm glad that doesn't ah. live down the street from my house. But why do we feel the need to suppress our natural urges? Because I would call the instinct to, well, to, to procreate, to eat, to do all these things. are just, you know, those are our base animal instincts and they're there. And why, why do we have the need to suppress those well there's kind of there's a lot of interesting stuff in in the reading because you know on the one hand you have this idea that we do actually want our long-term goals but if we're constantly just doing things for short term we're never going to achieve the bigger things that might actually make us more you know happier in the longer term but then also, there's this idea. So, you know, then psychologists get involved in these concepts and, and try and break down. This always just makes me laugh when I read psych experiments because on the one hand, I find them quite interesting. But on the other hand, sometimes they can seem so ridiculously minute in terms of trying to identify a single behavior, you know, yeah. in, in what is, you know, essentially a very complex situation. But basically... There's a psychology researcher in, at Florida State University that is named, what is he called? Roy Bomeister. And he kind of takes a very, what it seems like is an old school perspective on this that, you know, the Victorians, they, they had, you know, willpower in spades, you know, yeah. these great Victorians. And, um, you know, that, that willpower is defined by him as restraining impulses and resisting temptation, 
It's a force by which we control and manage our thoughts, impulses, emotions, and which help us um, persevere with difficult tasks. But, you know, a lot of the experiments show that if we don't believe in willpower, like if people are primed in an experiment to believe that science has debunked the idea of free will, right. then we are actually more likely to act immorally. So if, for instance, if you are reading a bunch of articles saying you're not a free agent, yeah. everything that you do is predetermined by the, the, so yes, the yeah. social forces that have come to you, you're not really responsible for anything, free will is an illusion, then when they pass around an envelope and you're supposed to take like only four quarters or whatever change, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll steal, you'll take more than you should yeah you will the people will tend to what else was it um interrupt lie you know so so all these you know they're trying to kind of isolate the fact that you know but i but it becomes much more complicated because so another experiment was like if you're primed to think that that there is no free will you're also less likely to give someone who's homeless money and see, that to me is like, well, that could be interpreted either way because sh in a way, it could easily make you more likely to give because you're like, well, this person couldn't help it. You know, it's yeah. not his fault. And people who believe in free will think, well, someone who's homeless, he just needs more will. And then poverty isn't an issue anymore. It's a, a financial decision and, a, and a, a kind of measure of your financial will. Well, so, some would say like if you have free will, then you have choice. So your bigger solution is that they have a choice to stay in that exactly, condition or do something exactly. about it. So there's a lot of experiments that will say, actually, this is a justification for getting rid of social kind of welfare nets and all kinds of stuff. And, and you know, thinking about um, not helping people who are on, um, in, you know, through drug addiction and stuff because yeah. it's just a, you know, a choice. This is a matter of, of your will and you just need to be, have a stronger will. So if that's true, then why is it when you take away the idea of free will, people don't give? So I just, like these, sometimes these, my point is that these experiments yeah. can kind of like be interpreted in so many different ways. I'm just like, it doesn't really But the really other side of the, that conversation would be, because it's cause and effect, or it, it, won't, it won't be that you're naturally inclined to do worse things, it's just what's the cause that leads to the effect that you do about. So if you, in your instance where you were saying, it's like about taking the four quarters. Yeah. So, if you if we lack free will, then you never really had a choice. When that plate is handed to yeah, you, yeah, exactly. You're just because gonna... of the, your everything that's led yep. up to that point, you'll take the four. But someone else might equally just take what they're supposed to take. But that's also based off of yep. a whole other thing. So like just by the fact of who your parents were. But ironically, people who are primed to think that free will is a thing take are, are more honest. That, that was the experiment. It's right. like, if you're primed to think that you have free will, then but you, are more, you tend to be in these... If you're primed to think... Then yeah, these are all the Sykes experiments. But you don't have free will, then. If someone's got to prime you, why do I need to be primed? Well, I don't know, because they're psych. <laughs> Does, there, you know, but just in that, just saying, well, if you're primed to do this and primed to do that, that takes away my 
the idea that you have a free will <laughs> yeah, because I've got to be primed to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I get. I, <laughs> yeah. This is my whole point with all these psych experiments. Yeah, I'm reading them and I'm just like. But this mm. has always been a debate for philosophy as well, hasn't yeah. it? And it's also the, the leading argument for capital punishment. Mm-hmm. So there's this idea that if we have free will, then the thing that you did you know, is bad and you should be, you know, yeah, punished, go ahead, yeah. put them on punished. But if, if there is a thing called cause and effect, then there's mitigating circumstances that we have to weigh up that says, you know, did you actually really have a choice or was it the social conditioning that yeah. you had? Was it the way that pe- yeah. parental environment that you had that you know, led you down the path to where you thought your only choice was to do that thing? Yeah. Um, and the other argument in philosophy is, is what makes us human? We have to say, what, well, what is a person? And this, the free will argument comes in again. Yeah, that we're the, we're the ones that can make a choice but, and rise above our kind yeah. of base instincts. Here's one of and my stuff. favorite yeah. quotes from uh, um, The Matrix, based back, back to your impulses. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you remember um, the little, little character, what's his name? Mouse or Scrunch? Oh, or Mouse, like yeah. Yeah, Mouse. And he says, to deny our own impulses is to deny the very thing that makes us human, hmm. which I like that one. Because for me, it's like, why do we have to I know so logically we have to have this willpower and suppress the thing that makes us human because we're in this social contract with people so if I just went around doing whatever I wanted to do based off of my own impulses does that make for an ordered society um, if everybody's running around doing that um, but it probably doesn't so yes but then based Mouse's point is are we denying our Humanity. Well, I think when you impulses. take willpower from to that Victorian like meaning of, you know, denying all these things that, you know, okay, make us human. Well, but also like, <laughs> are fun, you know. Then, you know, do we need to, how much willpower do we need, and what kind of life are aren't we just using willpower to direct our life in the way that we want it to go rather than. You know, some something in, in directing it in the way that someone else or an institution tells us we need to. Well, something about that is saying that is that we've evolved beyond being animals. Is the point of that whole aspect? So, do we, if we give in to our base impulses, then that makes us no different than you know a dog yeah. or a cat or something like yeah. that. But since we evolved, and we should be able to exercise our will over our instincts because we're rational human beings. Yeah. And, and we can live in an ordered society together. See, I kind of feel like the article against willpower and the idea that they the the ideas that things are actually a lot more complex than that appeals to me in my experience and mm. stuff. But do we need to take a break and then we'll? Uh, yeah, I was going to say we we'll take a break and then um, maybe talk a little bit about Nietzsche's um, will to power. And then I can never talk about free will stuff without talking about Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. Or I know. Tom You've got two of your favorites here yeah. with you today. <laughs> I can't, they're I can't definitely help. Yeah. loved books. Yes, they are. They are very yeah. loved. You can see that book has a lot of love, that one. Yeah, that one. Is a, a reference always. Okay, let's take a quick break. The Havana Cafe Sessions podcast was created to carve out space for contemplation in the middle of our busy week. Inspired by the very ancient idea that wisdom and principles of conscious living can be found through conversation, Clay and I started meeting over coffee at the Havana Cafe. From these meetings, the Havana Cafe Sessions podcast was born, and as an independent podcast, 
it is supported by listeners like you. Here's how you can help us support the show and continue taking time to explore the big questions in our lives. First and most importantly, you can share the podcast with friends on Facebook, Instagram, or old school like talking to your friends. Haha. <laughs> Leave a review for us on iTunes, or you can support the show for as little as a couple of pounds or dollars a month. That's less than the coffee you are drinking right now while listening to this show by going to havanacafesessions.co.uk and hitting that contribute button. Hope you're enjoying this episode, and thanks again for listening. So this article about against willpower, he start, it's a psychologist who wrote it, and, and he kind of starts off with questioning the rise and what he calls the self-help obsession that surrounds the concept of willpower. And I completely agree with that. There's so many books that you can read now about like summoning your willpower and yeah. you know that kind of concept has really come back in. Um, but basically what he says is that this all started in modern times, like post-Victorian, with this marshmallow test that was done Ooh. in the 60s by this American psychologist. It was Wolf. on the kids, was it, on the marshmallow yeah, thing? Yeah, so basically the kids were asked, they were either given one marshmallow now or two marshmallows after five minutes. And, the, and so then he did the experiment. And then somehow later, he got, like years and years later, he got in touch with some of the kids that had been in that experiment who were now adults. And it occurred to him that it would be a good idea to go back and look at what the kids were doing now. And what he found when he did that was that the children, there was a correlation between the children who were able to resist one marshmallow now in favor of like self-gratification now. Yeah waiting and getting two marshmallows in five minutes actually were doing a lot better in their lives. So they were, you know, more successful, kind of generally happier, generally in, in better kind of relationships. So there was this big massive correlation. And so suddenly all this new research starts coming out on self-control and the idea that self-control and delayed gratification is kind of the key to happiness or our predictor of you know what goes to my mind as you're saying that is that assumes that you're immortal so i can have my one marshmallow now or 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 assume that i'm going to be alive in five minutes to eat two yeah and i would we know which one you would pick then i'll eat my marshmallow (laughs) now if i'm alive in five minutes and i'll deal with the situation (laughs) in five minutes in terms of what it comes to you know i think that the thing that I really liked about this guy's article was basically that he's saying in his practice, and he, he's a, a psychologist who deals in addiction, the guy who wrote this article, yeah. and he's basically really debunking this idea of willpower, that it is a monolithic one thing. And actually, his argument is we're talking about multiple processes and multiple things that contribute to whether or not we make a certain decision over another. And, you know, that there are a lot of different aspects to what this term we call willpower. So, for instance, one of his things is like, um, so, like, different hidden dimensions. There's emotional regulation, like, do you shout at someone when they've pissed you off or do you kind of resist and, you know, just all kinds of stuff. So emotional regulation doesn't really necessarily um, happen in the same part of our brain or or involve the same kind of processes and and 
strengths or whatever as different cognitive processes that decide on our short-term and long-term goals. But this goals. does not play to the so, fact that there, we don't have free will then, that I'm just an automaton well, based off no, of but these I think, different processes. No, it doesn't. It just means that there's a lot of different things that get lumped under this idea of free will, but they're actually different, made up of different things. But they sound like they control you, though, these different things. So no, not necessarily. Yeah. Like, you know, like impulse control, like, so, sorry, not impulse control, emotion Emotional regulation is like, you know, you can get better at it, but, you know, and this must come into like anger management training and stuff like that for people who have anger, you know, issues and stuff. But it's like there's a whole load of things and skills that you can learn in terms of breathing, doing things physically with your body to help you regulate your emotion distracting yourself so mental techniques so in other words I think what he's saying is it's actually the picture's a lot more complex and I suppose that's exactly what Tony Robbins is saying as well in his um, Awaken the Giant Within is like you know so he says for instance I was you know I mean when you first brought up the idea of willpower to me that, that he was the first person I thought of because yeah. That's who I've been working with kind of recently in my own head and dealing with, like, why am I not writing more when I say that's one of the most important things that I want to be doing? I, you know, and you get yeah. caught up. And everybody has this stuff, don't they? You get caught up in doing other things and the busyness of life, and you're not actually kind of focusing your energy. But it doesn't mean that you can't do that. It just means you kind of have to step back and figure out how to do that. And so... You know, so, so like one of the quotes from Tony Robbins that's quite good is like, you know, which I, I kind of agree with is he says, though we'd like to deny it, the fact remains that what drives our behavior is instinctive reaction to pain and pleasure, not intellectual calculation. Going on a diet and overriding our pain in the short term by pure willpower never lasts simply because we link pain to giving up fatty foods. But the whole point of Tony Robbins' book and his whole thing is like we are driven by this urge to avoid pain and this urge to gain pleasurable things and experiences. But we can retrain ourselves. You know, we do have a higher decision-making process to retrain ourselves to say, actually, yes, right now I associate giving up the fatty foods with a lot of pain or right now I associate whatever, you know, giving up smoking or drinking or just whatever with a lot of pain, but I can use certain mental techniques to retrain and rewire my yeah. brain so that I associate doing the thing that I know is bad for me with a lot of pain. Is that not just trying to trick in yourself? Using yeah. different things to trick yourself to do yeah. stuff as opposed to just using your but, willpower. Well, <laughs> tricking yourself to do stuff or, or kind of different techniques to help you do the thing. But to me, that says there is some kind of will there then. That's, that's not just you being reactive. It's like stop being reactive and make a decision about what you, are, you want to associate with pleasure and pain. Do you see what I'm saying? No, I, I get it. I get I get the argument of that um, in terms of using some of your other faculties as a human being to help you and assist you in, in achieving the thing that you want to do as opposed to just relying on pure willpower alone. Mm -hmm. um, and it maybe it'll facilitate you. Like, say, you want to lose weight and you don't want to eat the bad food. 
so you can go full willpower and I look at it and I just don't have it and then I've got to deal with all the emotional stuff that deny myself those that donut or use some of these techniques to replace my association with the donut and the pleasure to something else so that I actually don't then desire the donut and then the outcome is I lose weight so it's another way of getting at the outcome um, is yeah. through either one of those sort of techniques and I guess the question that it throws up in my mind there was in how much of my conscious how much of the me is controlled by all these different complexes the emotions yeah. this, these other things that actually I have no free will because depending on the makeup of these but things but is it your ability to to harness certain forces that do affect you free will well, no, because those things... I mean, so I do believe we have free will, as in I can deny those forces that did it, but others would say that the very fact that those forces are making you to have those... So you didn't... So you're not having to... You're having to summon up the willpower, or whatever you want to call it, because some other force is making you. So you didn't have a choice, because these complexes lead you to this space. Hence, now... I didn't choose to be here. Something else made me put me in this position where I'm having to think about maybe using some willpower, yeah. I guess is where I'm coming from, versus like, so um, this whole idea about will to power. And, and, yeah. Um, well, so basically, this, this idea, for me, that's what reminded me of, if, you know, of Nietzsche, is the idea that, like, that these are a lot of different processes happening and that they're... So, that the self is actually just made up of different decision-making systems that he says are often in conflict with each other. And so you have what's called interpersonal bargaining. Hmm. So different forces, different priorities within yourself are kind of competing for dominance. And this reminds me of like, okay, this is not a new concept. You go back to Nietzsche. That's really kind of his idea of... Well, he's got this thing that it's... Will to... the will to power will is to like power. is it's its own entity above everything else, above any other driving force. So he's he says that this um, that there's no such thing as a fixed being. That matter is always moving and changing, as our ideas, knowledge, truth, and everything else. That the will to power is the fundamental engine of this change. So the universe is primarily made up not of facts or things, but rather of wills. And that the idea that the human soul or ego is just a grammatical fiction. Um, and basically what we call I is really a chaotic, chaotic jumble of competing wills, I guess is what you're saying. Yeah. There, yeah. Constantly struggling to overcome one another. And because this changes a fundamental aspect of life, um, it, all, it, it, it makes reality fixed and objective at the same time, I guess. So be it religious, scientific or philosophical. Um, from Nietzsche's point of view is, is life denying um, so a, a truly he says here, a truly affir- life affirming philosophy embraces change and recognizes in the will to power that change is the only constant in the world see I've, uh, I yeah when I was looking at all this stuff and there's that video yeah. one of the ones didn't work but the other one did and kind of explaining where his idea comes from that it's like he's trying to figure out what 
what is like the world made up of? Yeah. And there's uh, the idea at the time of materialism that the world is made up of matter. Yeah. And, you know, so you think of like atoms coming together through gravity and that's how the world is made and that's how all things are made. But he's against that and he's kind of, for, see, the, the, the yoga person in me is like, well, you're just talking about energy. You're just, instead of thinking matter, yeah. you're thinking actually no. And that, that really is what physics has found, yeah, isn't it? That absolutely. like the, the solidity that we see is kind of an illusion and that actually we're just made up of energy. And for him, what he calls energy is the will to power. In yeah. other words, like even atoms who are not what we think of as technically alive have a, a will or like a energy about them that drives them in a particular direction according to what they are. Yeah. And that that is in itself the driving force of the universe. Yeah, absolutely. Is that, that's, yeah, that, yeah, no, yeah. That's it, yeah. So to me, it's like you can call it will to power or you can just call it like, the energy of becoming what you are meant or are not meant to become, but are becoming. That you are becoming and all the forces that try to prevent you from becoming who you're yeah. meant to be. Because there's so many different competing things yeah. that, that maybe are trying to deny you to be who you are, be it some of the societal pressures, cultural pressures. Yeah. And there's always that battle going on. Um, Ooh, sirens. You know, when I was up in Edinburgh a few weeks ago, I never, re I used to go there a lot, but I never remember so many sirens. Where uh. I must say they've just been in a very bad part of town, but all <laughs> night long, siren after siren after siren. I was like, where am I? I felt like I was, in, I felt like I was back in the States. It's like, what's all, what's all these sirens going on here? That's but, funny. Um, anyway, so yes. Um, so this idea of willpower or free will... But I will. think that's quite, a, that's quite a kind of different idea about the force of your will yeah. than the idea of a repressive force. So the, the Victorian willpower, as in like repressing, using your force to repress the things that are like not good for you to do. Mm. That's quite a different concept than the idea of force your what you know your will power that's driving you forward. So I suppose isn't you can it? use your will power in which in in either way, isn't it? So mm -hmm. but I guess it's <laughs> I think they're breaking every dish in the house upstairs. Yeah. It's um but I I guess the concept that I like here is that we have this will. And yeah. then, and then it is an energy. And then yeah. how you direct that energy. I can use it to yep. suppress basic instincts. Yeah. Or I can use it to impose my will on the world. So I'm gonna shape, you know, the things around me in my environment. I'm gonna mm -hmm. bend it to my will and how much of my will I can summon up to help me do that and everything and summon more forces to increase my will to power, um, the better. But using my will to to do that right and maybe less so on some of the things that we might find in nlp or neuroassociative something that that tony calls his yeah um as in pleasure you know tying things to these kind of pleasure tying things to our basic animal instincts so pleasure pain so animalistically we 
you know, we they're kind of just techniques, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, sort of te techniques to... When our willpower fails us. Yeah, well, the, the techniques when our willpower fails us, that's probably the best way of saying that, isn't it? And, and you know, I think what what's interesting to me, coming from the perspective of, like, yoga and Buddhism and meditation, is that, and ironically, you know, one of these kind of semi... And let's not forget I, about Nike. Just do it. Just do it. That's willpower. Just yeah, do it. Just you don't do need it. to psych yourself up. Just do it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, one of these um, articles is like the 10 exercises to increase willpower. The first one is meditation that he lists on the thing. And I thought that was really apt because basically, for me, when I read Tony Robbins, I think the pleasure and the pain thing in Buddhism are two of the three kind of strongest forces of um, our misperception about the world. And so, in a way, all of, the, all of your meditation and your practice is about rising kind of beyond being pulled towards, you know, your attach what, what, what in Buddhism you call attachment aversion. Yeah. So, but it's it literally the exact same thing because, I mean, ultimately we're all talking about the same thing because we're yeah. all humans. But how does meditation help? Well, so, for me, it's like, basically, in my practice and in what, you know, meditation is about bringing a bit of space between you, like bringing yourself into a more constant mindfulness. So, in um, the kind of first step of practice in the tradition that I practice in, in Tibetan Buddhism is called shamatha and it's, um, it means calm abiding, so abiding in calmness, so it's a technique, just breath meditation it's literally yeah. just watching your breath but it's the idea that you calm down the spinning thoughts of your mind and that over time and with practice you can abide in that space, because I think we all know that feeling where you just get caught up in what's happening and you lose that sense of like distance or that sense of like kind of ability to, to step back from the situation because you get caught up, whatever, mm. whatever is happening. And I think that's where we lose our willpower, isn't it? Is like when we're just kind of, we've lost our mindfulness, you know, and we've lost yeah. that kind of perspective on our, our self and what we really want. And we kind of get caught up in the momentum of maybe what others want us to do or maybe our habits or you know what Tony Robbins says you know pleasure and pain so what Tony Robbins I think is, is working on which for me is still helpful because as, yeah. as a non-enlightened being I'm still very much pulled by pleasure and pain that you know you it's kind of like a little bit of an insurance policy so in case your mindfulness like slips you've already retrained the pleasure pain principle to work for you if you see yeah. what i mean so i mean in a way that's kind of what i like about it but i can see that it is still like you're saying you are it is still functioning at that lower level where you're not actually in control yeah i think that's the thing that i probably have the issue with so i'm thinking of willpower as brute force way so I get meditation. I like meditation, and I'm trying to. I'm right as you were speaking. I'm thinking. It's that like I... one pointedness. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, that yeah. one pointedness of the warrior. Yeah. It's the same. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's what I was just getting ready to get at. I think it's 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 so meditation. I would see it for me would be closing off the thoughts about past and future, because 
I think you can exercise will when you're in fully in the present. It's only when we get, well, yeah. from my observation, when you get distracted by the past or we get distracted by the future or we get distracted by, by pleasure or distracted by pain. Yeah, and our imagination of what is like. Then yeah. we can't yeah. fully harness our will. So yeah. I can see where meditation brings me into the present. I'm in the present. All those other competing things drop off and then I can bring the sheer, sheer power of my will <laughs> Um, to this this situation but yeah so that's all I was doing I was just thinking okay well can I do that by brute animal yeah and you know uh, okay like like a great example for me is that I've always like picked at my nails yeah and I would really like to stop but it's just such an ingrained habit in me that as soon as I lose my mindfulness and I'm in a conversation where I'm really like connected with the other person and I'm not like sitting back in myself I just start picking, you know, the side of my fingers. It's just, and then I realize I'm doing it. But, you know, so I think habit in that sense happens like that for for us Mm. about different things. But, I mean, I guess my other question, I think the reason why I like that kind of more complex perspective that Tony Robbins gives or something is when you just look at willpower as like a monolithic thing, then why is it that we are able to direct our willpower really effectively in certain areas of our life and not others. So the guy who wrote that against willpower article and who works as a kind of psychologist of addiction Hmm. is, you know, basically talking about these like two, you know, example people that come to him who are really successful, but one person, for instance, has a drink problem. And it's like, Actually, he's really, really successful in a lot of other areas of his life. So willpower in a lot of areas of his life are not a problem. But in this case, it is. And I think that's the problem. Like when you're working on a real practical level, like I want to change this about myself or I want to, you know, marry up. This is actually my priorities with where I'm actually spending my time and my energy. Because right now they don't match up or something then how do you correct your own behavior? You know, and I think sometimes like... Sometimes you need these different tools and techniques to help you. Well, like, well, it's like, how do you, how do you understand if you're just thinking about willpower as one thing that you're able to use willpower on a lot of things, but not in this area or something? And how do you, if you don't really understand it in a more complex way, then how do you redirect it to something that you really want to change do you see what I mean but I think it's when you really want to change something then you don't have to summon up the willpower to you do it so it, so when like in the that's not of, a lot of people's experience though but that's what Tony Robbins would we'll say, say is the yeah, different yeah the, the difference is when you really want to you'll do it yeah up until that point then whatever whatever thing that's going on inside you that keeps you held into the drinking yeah. or the smoking or whatever you're deriving something out of it You'll stay into that place until you feel this overriding, massive amount of pain where you're just like, no more. And then change happens in an instant. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... I, and I'm, I guess when I'm thinking about will, I'm thinking... I've, I'm thinking of situations where I think just pure willpower, and I'm going to do this thing or, or die trying kind of mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, but can you do that all the time? Back to the very beginning of our conversation, can you mm. always focus up? And I've done it. It was like, you know, I'm going to do this thing, even if my heart bursts, then that's just it. I'll just die doing this thing. But can you do that every day? 
Well, and, and that's where time. I think that's where and I then, think the mind training yeah, can come in because actually, well, I think that's the thing is we don't have the capacity to, you know, it's like when you when you sit down to meditate and mm. you say, you know, call, you know, watch your breath. It's really quite easy to do that for the first ten breaths, mm. but can you do it for the second ten and the third ten, and can you do it ten minutes later? How about you philosophy know? in the Stoicism? So if you adopt a philosophy of thinking, but I guess that is training your brain to think in a certain way. Yeah. Then you don't have you don't have the conflicts. So I was reading some Marcus Aurelius this morning and his meditations and about living a balanced life um, and a balanced life being a virtuous life um, in that aspect and. A lot of the sort of stoicism was about, but it'll come back to the same sort of thing. How do, what's your perspective on life and how do you put things in the right boxes? And then once you have those things in the right boxes, then all these other problems that we have go away. Yeah, um, totally. Yeah. yeah. So, 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 you know, and from the stoic's point of view is, you know, you can have some instant happiness if you can, if you categorize these, you know, the two things, isn't it? What's under my control and what's not under my control. Yep. And if you identify those and let go of everything that's outside of your control, you can increase your happiness. Well, maybe that's half the problem away. is that like we're using too much of our energy trying to control things we can't control, so we don't have any energy left we'll to control to things it. we can't. Is that, well, that's where the Stoics would come from, wouldn't it? They yeah, come that's from true. is like, here, make your list, and most everything fits in the thing that's outside of your control. Well, then let it go. Give yeah. it no energy because it's yeah. outside of your... I, I, I suppose I feel like where I'm going to end up on this, and I'm really glad we did this kind of topic, but where I'm ending up is that actually willpower in itself is a more, it's like a visualizing it as like a stream with a lot of like threads inside it that you can kind of, you know, it's not just one solid thing is is more helpful for me in terms of like, using it to change my own behavior. Yeah. I feel like that's, yeah. And my competing forces are the fact that I want to, if I want to be a caveman, then I don't have to have any of these problems. I'll just act out my basic instincts. I did see you in a hilltop in (laughs) Edinburgh and was like, oh, yes, Clay's gotten back to it. Uh, In there. (laughs) Um, But I've been thinking about, yes, how do I bring the force of my will to bring about the thing that I want to do? Um... And I suppose I would end up in the place of saying of using everything available to me to help me to increase my personal power or, or will from yeah. that, that aspect. Whether it's through the asceticism of denial or um, just changing thought patterns to say, okay, I don't want that anymore and then don't do that thing. Or actually... Um, I want to do that, and I don't care if it makes my, you know, make, you know, you know it's, yeah. it's, it's, the, yeah. it's making decisions, I guess it's what. Yeah. But I wanted to squeeze them, because um, as I mentioned earlier at the start of this, that I started this discussion on Twitter, and a, uh, a thread happened. Did you um, did you stick up some of the articles that we talked yeah, about? Okay. I put up a couple of the articles. I think the one about um, the free will being an illusion, and we had some right. comments back from Matthew King, uh, his Twitter handle is, let's see, I'm not getting any, any um, signal down here. But I'll read his comments anyway, and I'll come back and tell you what his, what, what his Twitter handle is. So um, basically, 
um, he was his comments were we choose and this was after this article about um, free will being an illusion and and Matthew was he says that I choose to believe that it's not an illusion the construct has as much or as little power as we wish to give it like all constructs um, which I thought was interesting and then another comment he had was be but we all may be better off believing in it anyway yeah I got that and therein lies a choice and an intended effect is that a choice is that choice not free will so yeah I think yeah. see I'm with him because I think that um, Matthew is at, at Matthew King PhD okay. and uh, basically I think that there's a lot of very clever word see this is where sometimes psychology and philosophy as opposed to kind of more spiritual experiential or mm. experiential ph philosophical schools kind of you know, I really differ in how I relate to them because I think you can do a lot of like fancy wordplay about free will and yeah, yeah. experience and da da da, and it doesn't really necessarily mean anything to how we're living. And I think that there's a lot on this idea that oh, it's just an illusion, and we can talk about how, um, but it's an illusion that we should believe in because it helps make us moral beings. Yeah. But I just feel like. You know, my experience with meditation and my experience with my in my own self, there there are there is this is just much more complex than just is it one thing or is it the other? Yeah. You know, and I I don't know. I just kind it's of it's kind of hard to separate out, really. I mean, it, it, I don't I don't think that there's no effort of self. You know, of, of predetermined or influencing factors would on, you us have the same on us that play on us. If you had a different origin. Oh so, definitely yeah. not. You know, all yeah. of these things, like really I, I do believe. You know, it's like but it but I think the thing is for me, it's like it's the nature nurture issue. It's like, is this all predetermined by nature or is this you know, determined by the social forces. I, you can't say it's one or the other, and yeah. you can't say well, that's the hard bit you about can't it. say just because certain things influence you, and and sometimes people just fall back into their habitual responses and don't make an effort to rise above them. That free will doesn't exist at all, ever. Yeah. So that's I where I, that's yeah. where I stand. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm so I did say Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. Yeah, the, okay. Send us off with a Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. Well, because there's a uh, there's a, and I, I can't find the passage, but I'll talk you through the passage right now. Uh, well, here it is. It might be it. So uh, I can't hardly see. And um, anyway, they and this is kind of how I was, how I rationalized free will, and this, they talk about it in here. So if you imagine free will being a big ship, or or just imagine you're on a ship. You have free will to walk anywhere on the, around the ship, go up below, down below, but the ship itself, you have no control over where it's going. So I have limited free will within this span of okay. making the decisions on where I go in this boat, but the boat itself is, is, is moving <laughs> in this direction yeah. of which I have no influence yeah. over. Yeah, okay, so, yeah. Um, and that's yeah. I kind of liken it to that because because even like I said, if we change our origin story, story, you know, there's a chance that we wouldn't actually be sitting here having this conversation. But you had you and there's didn't, equally a, the same. But you didn't have any choice in that's who right. your parents were. You had no choice in the decisions that they made and how they raised you. But how they raised you made you who you are. 
given some different circumstances. Definitely, but then there's just as many instances of people who are raised in the same family who are totally different or who make, or who who live a certain life up until a point and then decide, I'm going to make a different choice. So I just, you know. Yeah, but they'll make a different choice, but there's some other forces that led them to the place where they could make a different choice. Potentially, but I still still feel like there is a... And the original cause is always going to be where you were born, of which you had no choice. So however that started, everything you're flipping. Had, you're flipping. I thought you. I thought you thought that there was such a thing as free will. Well, yes, in the context of the boat. Right. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. The, you know. So I see. Yeah, my yeah, origin yeah. story. Boom. So yes, yeah. I'm on this path, yeah. and I had no choice. Yeah. Um, but now I can make choices within that. But how I came into the origin story is always going to affect all the choices that I've made subsequently. Yeah. Whatever okay. those choices are. Yes. We've, landed. Good, we've landed. We've uh, landed. We've landed. We've landed. And I think it may be done tearing up the kitchen as well. <laughs> It'll be interesting listening back to this episode. To hear, and it may be just that I have the speaker turned up really loud. I don't know. But it does sound awfully loud, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the dishes. All right. So um, this is great. But you'd love to hear more commentary uh, from you guys in terms of will, free will, and um, where you might sit on that. And I would like to hear about people's experience about free will in terms of like getting to a point where you want to change something, you know, that, that you feel yeah. like despite your willpower, something hasn't happened. And then how do you go about trying Let's to do an experiment? You and I, okay. and we, and we can, well, well, well I'll, I'll throw it out here. Here's the experiment. Pick a thing that you want to change and then let's give ourselves a time period and then make that change happen in that time period. So let's say three weeks, because I say it takes three weeks to form a new habit. Oh, really? 21 days, yeah. All right. So we're going to, after after I hit stop, we're going to pick, we can write this stuff on Facebook or whatever, pick something that you want to change, and then we're going to do pinky, pinky, pinky promise. Says, Ooh, yes. pinky promise. Yes. Okay. And then you can I'm use in, what, I'm in. You can use whatever technique you want. You can use willpower. Or you Man, can you've, you've convinced me with the pinky promise. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, cool. This episode of the Havana Cafe Sessions podcast is brought to you by people just like you, wonderful listeners. So thank you very much. If you have a spare second and you would want to click over to iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a review or just some stars, that really helps us out a lot and helps other people find us who might enjoy the show. And if you would like to contribute to the show, then you can contribute as little as a pound an episode or less than a coffee an episode. Um, If you head over to HavanaCafeSessions.co.uk and click on the Contribute button, you'll find all kinds of different ways that you can help us out. Thank you so much if you have already contributed in some way or if you're thinking about contributing and really even just telling other people who you think might enjoy the podcast or um, joining in the conversation is very, very helpful. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Sarah Hunt, and on behalf of Clay Lowe, goodbye, and we'll see you next week.